Well, amen, amen, amen. Good morning, good morning, good morning, everyone. This is Pastor Lester Sharon Hayes here this morning on this fine outstanding Saturday morning, another day that the Lord has made that we should rejoice and be glad in it this morning. And as we come together this morning on one accord in the spirit of unity and spiritual harmony this morning, it's just really a blessing, amen, and an honor and a, and a privilege that God has allowed us to be able to assemble together as the manner of a lot of people are, you know, some uh, are not and some are. So we thank God for the ones that are gathering together, amen, in his name this morning to pray, to seek his face, to learn some revelations about him, uh, words of, of, of a revelation that was written, amen, as God inspired and gave to Apostle John and other apostles and prophets and scribes and Pharisees and, and Sadducees and, and some adhered to it and some didn't. But we thank the Lord this morning that we're adhering to what God has called us to do together, together, seek his face early. And he said, when you seek me early, you will find me when you seek me with all of your heart, your mind, your soul and the spirit, because we want to be in the no crowd. We want to know the truth. And we want the truth to make us free. There is a lot of truth circulating out there, but it's not truth based on what is written for our learning in the gospel. And so we're a privileged people. We're blessed people that we have access to God's word. Amen. Even though we're not in, a, in, in the building called church, the four walls, we still have access to uh, abilities to learn. God has given us, uh, you know, podcasts and, and, and Facebook Live, and he's given us cell phones with so many different apps and features on there. And so this is, you know, this is God making a way when there is no way. There's so many things going on right now, and we would think the last thing we would be doing on a Saturday morning after working uh, a work week, a tiresome work week, is be thinking about getting up at 6 o'clock in the morning and gathering together. But I got a good revelation for you, you know, fresh manner, is that, hey, only th only this that we're doing is what's going to count in the end. Mm. Only what to do for the Lord. You're laying some things up right now, your treasure in heaven that cannot be broken in and eaten mm. by moth and rust, and it cannot be stolen by me. I wish they would steal some of this gospel for me. Mm. You know, I mean, we're trying to give it to them free, but I wish if they're going to break in and steal something, they'll steal my Bible, you know, steal my laptop with all this word in it. <laughs> Amen. They might get saved. Praise the Lord. And I don't wish that on nobody, but I'm just saying if you got to steal something, thief, you know, steal something that's already free. Amen. You might get saved. You might get free from being a thief. But the Lord said, let those who steal continue to steal. Let those who kill continue to kill. Let those who do all those things continue to do those things. In other words, let the wheat and the tail grow together. When I come back, I will do the separating. Thank God that he's already called us out and set us aside, sanctified us with his word, which is where it is truth. You know, he's, he's got a track record of doing that. Remember, he prayed to the father. For that to happen, you know, sanctify them with that word. That word is truth. That's in the book of John, chapter 17, verse 17, the King James Bible. And so as followers of Christ, we already been claimed. We already been bought with the price. We already have someone who own us. We don't need nobody else to try to enslave us. You know, we in this world, we're not of this world. You know, we have a savior. His name is Jesus. And this is what we're learning about. We're excited about Jesus. We're excited to learn revelations about our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And this is why we gather this morning, amen, because what we're up against, there is so much um, false religion out there, you know, and, and we have to be able to discern what's false and what's true. And the word of God enlightens us, you know, and, 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 and teaches us and instructs us in that path. It's called a path of righteousness. 
And he said we do this for his name's sake, for the gospel's sake, the sake of the gospel. This is why we do this. You know, we're that link, you know, through the gospel, preaching and teaching of the gospel message, the truth that God will everybody know between lost man and saved man, you know, free man, you know, enslaved man, inbound man, you know, unsaved man, righteous man versus unrighteous man. I was having a conversation with a, with a classmate of mine and we talked about uh, their question was about the Holy Spirit, you know, so many questions. Going to a Bible study, move from one church to another church because wasn't satisfied with what you was getting at the one church and been there now about 20 some years, you, her and her husband. And all of a sudden, after 20 years, the pastor pack up, tell him he's leaving, take his family, been their pastor now for 47 years, and move to Atlanta to lead them and, and, and put someone in charge who they don't feel like is teaching the word and can't answer any of their questions. And so they went to another church and got more questions. And I wasn't judging, but they asked me a question about the Holy Spirit. Now, y'all know that's our subject. If anybody can talk about the Holy Spirit, I know some of us on who can talk about. It. We can give a class on the Holy Spirit, and it was so simple. It was so simple. They could not make the transition between what did God mean when He said He was going to send His Spirit. You know, He said, "I pray to the Father." Jesus was finishing up His work, ready to be glorified back to the Father. hadn't died yet, and He tells them, He makes a promise to them that I'm going to pray to the Father that He will send you the Spirit of Truth. What about the Holy Spirit? And then when I told them, I said, well, that's God with us. How, when Jesus left, he was finished with the task the Father gave him to do. He went back to be with the Father. He was glorified. I said, I said see, we, a lot of these uh, uh, traditional churches, they still have him crucified. Mm. They, done, they won't allow him to get up out of the grave. Mm. You know, when he got up on the third day, you know, that's why they stuck in the last seven words. But what? What happened after he got out of the grave? He came back past Sharon and spent 40 more days and talked to them, yes. visited with them. He appeared before a lot of witnesses. They missed that part because they got him still crucified. He's still in the grave. Mm. But he got up on the third day. He rose again. He got up, and it was when he ascended back, he told them, the 120 apostles, go back into the upper room where you have had the last supper with me and tarry there and pray there until you be endued with power from on high. And it was like a light went off. But if you read the Bible, it tells you that. Not based on what we learned the other day about the tradition of our fathers, our ancestors, and that was a small if. That's what's got a lot of folks bound and blind. Stuck in tradition of our fathers, our forefathers, our ancestors, you know. We talk all the time about how our parents thank God for them and what they taught us. They took us for as they could. They couldn't take us where they never been. They gave us all that they had learned. They couldn't give us what they never received. They taught us what they learned. They couldn't teach us what they didn't learn. But we've since learned it because of these revelations that were written for our learning that we might know the whole gospel from, from Genesis to Revelation. And so here we are this morning on this Saturday morning 
Pastor Sharon and I greeting you all this morning, getting ready to open up God's word. So, Father, we just pray now, Holy Ghost, that you have your way. Teach, instruct, God, uh, deliver our thoughts this morning into an understanding of the gospel of Jesus Christ so that we will be able to discern between what is right, what is wrong. Because, God, we ask you for wisdom and you give it to us liberally. We ask you for understanding and all our getting. We get it so that we may understand your word, spiritually discern your word, because your word is not carnally discerned, but it's spiritually discerned. So we thank you for giving us the Holy Ghost, the spirit of truth to teach us all things and bring everything back to our remembrance that was taught, Lord God, for our learning. We give you all the praise and glory and honor for having your way right now as we open up this word and learn about these these false religions, these false sanctimonial uh, events that took place and, and, and look at these examples of how they what they did and what they were how they were warned by you from your word, Lord. And so, Father, open up our understanding this morning. Help us to look into this perfect law of liberty and continue therein that we may have success, Lord God, in this walk of faith and good success is our prayer this morning in Jesus' name and not be deceived. Amen. All right. So we're again this morning. Pastor Lester, Pastor Sharon Hayes here this morning bringing greetings to all of you in the awesome, incredible, amazing name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We're going to be going back into the first book of John, the third chapter this morning. Amen. Uh, looking at verse 18, part eight, unpacking a lot that's in there. Uh, and this is test number four where we're talking about, you know, having a clean heart. It's very difficult to serve God with pureness of heart and pureness of thought, you know, and clean hands. You know what I'm saying? If our hearts are not clean, if our ways are not clean, if they have not been purged and sanctified and consecrated by the word, which is truth, then we're 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 we're, we're serving God with an unclean heart. And there are people who do that. They don't know they do that. They think what they're doing by works of righteousness that they're going to be saved. You know, it's because their hearts have not been regenerated or, or, or conformed or transformed their minds by the renewing of their mind through the word of God. So they're still basing it on the tradition of our fathers, amen, who were steep in the law. They knew the law. They had added to the law. They had took from the law. They twisted the law. They did everything. They misunderstood the law. They did everything with the law that you could possibly think. Isn't that what's happening today to fit their own uh, ambitions? Isn't that, isn't that why Jesus came to fulfill the law so that it wouldn't be such a burden to his people who found it impossible? You know, the, 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 the elders and the priests, man, they thought they had a, they had a, the patent on it. They had a lock on it and everybody had to come through them. Except that one time when Nicodemus had an encounter with Jesus and he realized just how much they didn't know. He was thinking naturally and God was speaking spiritually. Mm. You mean I got to go back? Yep. You, 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 you. Hold up, Nicodemus. No, no, no. You're missing the whole point. That that is born of that flesh is flesh. That is born of spirit is spirit. You got to be born again to see what I'm talking about. And so, Amen. Thank God that someone, Amen, today will be born, get born again after this conclusion of this lesson. And so, verse 18 of <clears throat> that chapter, I read again says, "My little children, let us. I like that word, us, not love." A, in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and in, in truth. A clean heart is produced by loving with actions, not just words only. Amen. And by this, people going to know who you are, whose you are. And we touched on a couple of areas under, under this, um, under this uh, uh, topic. And we started by talking about false religion, and we gave uh, different 
subtopics. One was empty confessions. If you're dealing with stuff in words, just saying things sometimes, it can be uh, understood as an empty confession before God. Because if it ain't his word, it is an empty confession or profession. Twist it however you want to. Uh, the other area we looked at was legalism. You know, telling people what they better do. Because you say so, because you're the title wearer. You got the title. Because I said do it, you better do it. Well, the buck don't start with you and it don't start with you. God got the final say. You got to do it his way. If you want God to honor it, you got to get us out of the way. You got to put the O in there and get the I out of there so it's the son speaking through you, not you speaking through you. And uh, we gave you a scripture out of the book of Galatians chapter 1 verse 14 that kind of brought that out from the scripture. Then we moved into talking about the false religion of sanctim- being a sanctimony. You know, you know, trying to have a pretense of inconsistently doing something that you, you think, but you don't really know. It's not really who you are, so you're pretending to be something that you're not, you know. And, and we defined that, what that means. And then uh, we, 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 we left off the other day talking about hypocrisy, which is a big one. And you, uh, that's what, that's what uh, uh, being a hypocrite is being sanctimonious. Appearing one way, but you're totally another way. You know, saying one thing, but doing something totally opposite. You know, that's, that's hypocrisy. And we left off. By defining hypocrisy, we said it is a, that practice of claiming to have moral standards or beliefs to which one's own behavior does not conform. That's a pretense, you know. You know, and we talked about that that hypocritical person, a person who puts on a false appearance or virtue or religious, yes. you know, or some type of religion, always promoting their religion. You know, asking you what religion are you? You know, because you know religion is a system. Uh, invented and created by man to satisfy man's need for God. Okay? Not a need for God, you know, but to satisfy his own need. You know, in other words, I don't need God if I can satisfy my own need. That can be my God. It might be how much education I got, how much material stuff I accumulate. And they, they'll say that, God, look at what God has blessed me with. Or they'll even say, I'm so lucky. You know? Taking God out of the picture, who's a God of blessings. Everything belongs to him. You know, and we gave you some examples, you know, of what a hypocrite is. You know, that that uh, hypocrite is that person who pretends to have certain beliefs, attitudes, and feelings when they really do not. When they really do not. And uh, we talked about four <clears throat> uh, different types of hypocrisy. that You can easily identify these forms. If you pay attention sometimes, and one is inconsistency, pretense, blaming all the time, blaming someone else or something else, and complacency. You know, very, very clear stuff right there, you know. And so we're going to pick up our, our uh, this morning and go back in here uh, and study a little bit more. Some of the verses now that we that we are ended on uh, yesterday, I think we ended at the first Timothy chapter four, verse two, the King James Bible. So we, we and I think we went over Book of Matthew chapter twenty three verse twenty eight of King James Bible. Uh, so we're going to pick up at first uh, the, the Book of uh, Titus, the first chapter, verse sixteen of the King James Bible, and we're still talking about you know hypocrisy. Uh, and in the Book of Titus chapter one verse sixteen of King James Bible, uh, it says this now. Now you got to remember Titus was a bishop. Okay, that Paul came in, into a relationship with and they built a friendship and 
Titus began to submit himself under Paul because it was very obvious and recognizable by other Christians that Paul came in contact with that Paul was different. Something had changed about Paul, you know. And so when you let your light so shine, men will see your good works and they'll follow you as you follow Christ. And so Titus kind of became a student of Paul's. He observed him. He watched him. And one thing he could rule out that this man is not a hypocrite because Titus was familiar with the Pharisees and Sadducees and, and you know, and, and the false prophets and all of that. You know, because that was that was kind of what he was what, what, what his opposition was, these hypocrites. So he had been having to deal with them before Paul came on the scene. But once he recognized Paul, see, it was a difference in what he saw in Paul and what he had seen in all the other these these pretenders. And so he was drawn to Paul and Paul was drawn to him. And so they developed this 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 relationship. And, and Titus was already kind of in ministry. And Paul could see a, a greater calling on his life, a greater uh, magnification of, of, of that gift that was in him. And Paul wanted to, you know, be a part of that because Paul saw some gaps in what, 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 Titus, what Titus was lacking, just like he did with Timothy. And Paul, I have to understand now, when God saved Paul, he also uh, crowned him, which was later on revealed as a spiritual father. So Paul started thinking differently just being a teacher. He starts seeing these 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 men that he came in contact with, even Phoebe, the women he came in contact with, Lois and Eunice. Everybody began to recognize that Paul had sort of like a spiritual father type hat on his head because he had certain wisdom and knowledge that they 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 had they had the same thing, but it was not quite as polished and 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 and, and perfected in, in, in them like it was in Paul. You know I mean, they recognized that anointing. They recognized that that he was a different kind of ambassador, a different kind of evangelist, a different kind of preacher and a teacher. In other words, they recognize a change had come over this man. There was that Paul had a a, a, a rude reputation. But now they're having an, an awakening that this man has changed. There's something different about him. He sounds different. He talks different. The things he's saying make so much more sense. So they could, they could relate. One thing was sure. They realized Paul now had clean hands. How did Paul get clean hands and a pure heart? How did he get a pure heart and clean hands? Remember, he had had an experience, one-on-one -on -one experience with God, with Jesus Christ, on the road to Damascus. It changed everything, Pastor he was delivered. He was set free. So the, the, the false pretense that Paul was pretending to be out of ignorance, as smart as he was, he was delivered from it. Now he's out there trying to get the people that he was trying to get, he was persecuting, saved. So it was obvious to them that this man had pure heart, not clean hands. He was not the same guy that was persecuting them. And so listen to what he says. He said, they profess that they know God. But in works, they deny him, being abominable and disobedient and unto every good work reprobate. Mm -hmm. Now, I, I drew this conclusion. Paul and Titus is having a discussion. And I believe Titus is telling Paul, this is what I've been up against. All these hypocrites, all these false people out here. Mm -hmm. You know. And Paul is, I believe Paul confirmed to him, I know where you're coming from, man. You know, I've been through the same thing. Matter of fact, I was one of them hypocrites. He said, you know, I, I, I was the least of all them, you know, you know. And I believe that made such a connection with Titus. I believe that when we become clean 
hearted and pure hearted and clean hands with people, man. Don't try to pretend that we're something that we're not. I believe that we, there can be breakthrough. Yes. I, I believe that people will, will, will give artists to you. I believe they'll listen to you. You know, don't, as we say, fake it to try to make it. Don't be inconsistent. You know, don't be blaming everybody for everything and then overlook yourself. You know, and Paul and Paul was like that. He has this encounter that changed uh, Titus' life even the more. Now I believe Titus found some fresh, <laughs> some fresh motivation. You know, someone who I can identify with, somebody man who's striving for the same thing I'm striving for. You know, this is why we want to be able to to uh, to uh, expand the kingdom of God. I love that about President Yulinsky. He said, "Man, I'm just hoping that the kingdom of God will spread in Ukraine after this is over." You know, man, what a vision! Yes, yes, yes. What a what a statement of faith. Getting bombed, people dying, family that lost mm-hmm. his brother. You know, your life is being threatened. And you got such a vision for that war-torn land. Mm. And I believe, I believe that's, that's what, was, what was on Paul's mind after he got saved. After his heart became pure and his hands got cleaned of all that stuff he was doing for Caesar, Paul said, if I can get to Rome, I got a message for Caesar. Yes. You know? So Paul had a vision that went beyond where he was at right now. Titus had a vision that was beyond where Titus was at right now. It was for the world, you know, because God had changed them. Nothing false anymore. That was over. That cycle was broken. And so we're going to look at false religion today, some examples of hypocrisy. And in the book of Matthew, chapter 15, verse 7, the King James Bible, I, I love biblical examples. You know, we make statements sometimes about things and people, be, I know people be wondering sometimes, I know I used to, where is that at in the Bible? I've been asked that question so many times, and what's a, what Pastor Chad, what's amazing is when you tell them where it's at, mm-hmm. and come to find out, they don't know where it, they don't even know how to get to it in the Bible. But they ask you where is it at in the Bible, and then when you show them, I, I've, I've actually had to show people, you know, you, now you have you have a, you have the audacity to ask me where it's at in the Bible, then when I tell you, you you can't find it, and you got the, the table of context that all oh, just to show you where it's at. They want to know that they try to get real, real sanctimonial on you, Pastor Chairman. Is that in the Old Testament or New Testament? Mm-hmm. You should know. You questioning me? Who know? You should know. But see, that's the hypocrisy. That's the pretense. That's you know. That's the inconsistency. If you studied your Bible on a regular basis, before you know it, you know exactly where it's at. So I always show people. This is why we tell our folks: make sure you give the book, the chapter, and the verse or verses. And tell them what Bible you got it out of For that very reason Because you don't want them to be pretending You don't want them to be inconsistent You don't want them to be no hypocrite And you don't want to aid them in being a hypocrite So let's look at some examples It says in the book of Matthew chapter 15 verse 7 The King James Bible Ye hypocrites Well did Isaiah prophesy of you Saying that <laughs> You know You had the prophets before Jesus came You killed them You didn't want to hear what they had to say because it, it exposed who you really were at, in your heart. And Jesus called you a hypocrite in, in, in the seventh chapter. You know, so Matthew just repeating. Because mm-hmm. Matthew was a hypocrite too until the Lord told him to come down out that tree. And go to his house and prepare his house. He was going to meet with some publicans and sinners there. Mm-hmm. You know. 
Now he's converted. Now he's speaking as just like Paul. See, some things change once you come into knowledge of the truth. Once the power of God touched your life, it changes you. It delivers you from being a pretender, inconsistent, blaming folks, you know, trying to be something that you're not. You know, God scripts all that away. Mm. And he, he addresses them, ye hypocrites. Well did Isaiah prophesy of you. He, he said, notice what he say now, Pastor Sharon. He didn't say, he, he moved on now. He's taking it to another level. He didn't say to you. He said of you. He prophesied of you. He told people about you. Beware, beware. Jesus told people about you. The apostles are telling people about you. The scripture tells people about you. You know, and so if I want to know who you are, <laughs> I go look at what the scripture said about you, and I can discern who you are now just by the way you, you know, you know, carry yourself, conduct yourself as a Christian. Not to judge you, but just to know what I'm dealing with. Why? Scripture said, know those who labor among you. You know. I, I believe that's why my classmate got up out of that church after 20 years. I believe that's why they got up out of other church after 20 years. I believe that's why they're left with questions. Because they, they have the inability to see the inconsistency, to see the pretense, to see the blaming, to see all this other stuff. And because they have not really examined and invested the scripture, they're dealing with someone with a clean, unclean heart and unclean hands. And they may be well as tended as they want to be, but if they're not lined up with the scriptures that the prophets prophesied, wrote down for our learning, then you have a form of godliness. And you are denying the power thereof. That's why she asked me about the Holy Spirit because they ain't teaching about the Holy Spirit. And when they asked the question, she said about the Holy Spirit, they, they said, we ain't, we ain't talking about that. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> you really can't talk about any of the other gospel without him. <laughs> you know. And so to God be the glory, ye hypocrites. So there's an example right there. There's ones that Isaiah, the prophet and other prophets, they prophesied of you saying you're a hypocrite saying what you're not doing according to what God said you're supposed to be doing. If you just go read it, you, you, it it's clear. You'll see the pretenders. You, you'll see them trying to create another way, that way on the man that seemeth right, but the end thereof leadeth to the way of destruction. You know, all these false ways, all these new ways. You know, you got so many different denominations out there right now struggle with the deity of Jesus Christ. Why not just believe what the prophet said about him? He's the Messiah. He's Christ the anointed one. He's the child that was born. He's the son that was given. <coughs> He's the wonderful counselor. He's the mighty God. He's the everlasting father. He's the prince of peace. Of his government, there'll never be an end. It's upon his shoulders. It can't end. Mm. And anyone that think anything different to try to teach you anything different, they are hypocrites, period. Don't hear me that stuff about, you know, everybody got some skeletons in their closet. They're good, you know, but I don't want to hear it. A clean heart is how we pass the test. And your heart can't be clean if the word is not there. Because we still have the, 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 the ability to sin against God. That's why David said, hide thy word in my heart that I sin not against you. And it's not the word of the tradition of men, doctrine of devils. That's what makes the glorious gospel of no effect. 
And so you can only be sanctified in your spirit by the word. That's what Jesus prayed to the Father before he left with all those disciples that was going to be used in the future ministry after he left. And he was not going to leave them alone. He was going to send them a helper. He was going to send them a comforter. He was going to send them a paracletos that walk along, come alongside to help them. Well, we have the same Holy Spirit today in us. Walking, coming alongside to help us when we need help. Very present help all the time of trouble. So let's go a little further here. In the book of Matthew, chapter 22, verse 18, the King James Bible continued this discussion. But Jesus perceived their wickedness. He didn't just perceive it now. He said, why tempt ye me, ye hypocrites? <laughs> I mean, Jesus don't hold no punches. He cut right straight to it, man. Why? He can see the pretense. He can see the inconsistency. He can see the blame. People getting healed. People getting delivered. People getting fed on the Sabbath day that's hungry. You know what I'm saying? And they got a problem, man. He's a, he's a, he's a, they blaming him because of him a blasphemer. He's doing things that's against their law, man. He, man, I, I'm, I come to pay attention. Follow me. Watch me. Watch what I do. I'm fulfilling your law. I'm fulfilling your law. The prophets already done prophesied about your hypocrisy. I'm coming to expose your hypocrisy. But I'm also coming so people can see the truth because I'm the way, the truth, and the life. I'm the incarnated word of God. I'm the living word of God. I am that I, who I say that I am. I am that I am. You know, I'm the light of the word. I'm the bread of life. Yes. I'm the living water, you know. You know, that's who I am. Now, now, now I'm here living who I am. I'm demonstrating who I am. And what, what is it that I'm doing that's causing you not to believe that I am that I am? I am who I say I am. I do what I say I'm going to do. I come down from my father to do the works that my father sent me to do. Works that y'all have fell short to do. You know, you've taken my father's law and you've twisted it and you've turned it into something that it was never intended to be. So I come to remove the sting of it from the people. I come to fulfill it so they don't have to worry about it. But I'm going to institute a dispensation of grace that will be sufficient for them. Based on my merits, my finished work on the cross. So they no longer will be able to obtain salvation by being ceremonial, sanctimonious, pretending. Showing up at your feast, but their heart worshiping me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me because they fear you, what you can do to them, what man can do to them. And I want to release them because God does not give my people, his people, a spirit of fear, but love, power, and a sound mind. You have taken away the love, power, and a sound mind, and you've given them fear at the hand of your sword. But I come as a sword of the spirit to cut yes. them free, to set them captives free. To open their blind eyes. To set at liberty those that are bound. Bruised. Because of the way you treat them. As keepers of the law. That you're not fulfilling yourself. That you're not keeping yourself. You violate any part of the law. You violated the whole thing. And so Jesus perceived in their heart. All the wickedness that was in their heart. I love that. Goes to show he looks at the heart. You can spew a lot of stuff out your mouth. Your lips. But he looks at the heart. That's where the hypocrisy is conceived and that's where it comes from. It comes from the heart. Remember what Jeremiah, uh, book of Jeremiah chapter 17 verse 9, the King James Bible said, the heart is desperately wicked out of all the members in the body. If you can fix the heart, the only way you can fix the heart has got to be conformed to the word of God. It's got to be conformed to the things of God. 
And this is why we hide the word there because we don't, you ain't just hiding the word there for safekeeping. The word is doing the work. It's discerning the thoughts and intents of the heart of a man. It's, it's purging that out. It's cutting that out. It's penetrating. It's an impenetrable rock. Goes deep, cuts deep. Then we'll move on to the next chapter in the book of Matthew, chapter uh, 23, verse 13, the King James Bible. Listen to this. It says, But woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. And it's got like an exclamation mark. So I believe when he was saying this, he put some emphasis on this. He getting their attention. He calling them out. And that's not for us to run around and start calling people out. But we can be able to discern and know who we're dealing with. Because you got to be careful these days, man, when you go up and something and, and, and call them out and say, God told you to do it. And then when things, you know, don't go. See, see, the, the thing we have to do is this. We have to learn this so that we can recognize. Because that's what Jesus was telling them. Beware. He didn't say call them out, but he did say judge nothing before it's time. In other words, according to the scripture, if you teach the scripture, what will the word do? It's the doctrine that will reprove them. It's the doctrine that will correct them. It's the doctrine that will instruct them in righteousness. So that in that crowd, if there are men and women of God there, they'll be able to leave now and go out and do good work. They'll be thoroughly prepared and furnished for good work. And this is what the problem is. See? But if we preach the gospel the way it's given right here, the same way it's given. The word of God is powerful. It's quick. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. It cuts the sun between dividing a soul and spirit. And so many times, people get stuck in legalism. And they just pound the people and tell them what they, you, you know, you're going to die, you're going to go to hell. You know, you're going to bust hell wide open. They spend 30 minutes in the pulpit, man, just legal as they can be. Stuck in the tradition of their fathers. Ain't even got clean hands themselves. All they have is a title that they hide behind. A badge to arrest people. When they should be freeing and releasing people. And that's the power of the gospel. It'll convict. If you preach it in its purest form, unadulterated, speaking the truth in love without any compromise. And, and if your heart is not pure, you can't do it. If your hands are not clean, you can't do it. You're going to build this wall between you and them. And that's why you always say y'all and I. And not we or us. Because if us and we ain't in your heart and your eyes ain't open to see, it's not just you and them. It's us. It's a universal message. It's the same for everybody. Jew, Greek, it doesn't matter. President, you know, janitor. It's the same. But see, you got to have... You got to have all that stuff out of your heart that's been put there through tradition and false prophecy and false teaching. I felt for my sister and her husband came in the door and they, man, all he could talk about was my mom and how she cooked over there in the church they was in. And I had, I, I said, I said, man, brother, I said, she was a Christian woman too. She was a woman of virtue. He laughed. He said, no doubt about that. But all you can remember is how she cooked the cake she cooked, you know. And that lady sure could cook, man. I showed me my love. <laughs> you know. But so, you know, he says, you know, but woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees and hypocrites. So the so the Lord has already spoken woe on them. Yes. So I don't have to I don't have to condemn them. They are, the scriptures have already condemned them. That's what the word says in the book of John, chapter three, third chapter, verse 17. 
said, if you don't believe, right after he said, God so loved the word that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth, meaning everybody, them two, believeth in him, should not perish, but have everlasting life. So it's, they, got to, they got to stand before God with the same gospel that we do. And he said, if you don't, you are already condemned. So I don't have to condemn you, you're already condemned. You, who, who he say right here? You scribes, Pharisees, and hypocrites. For ye shut up the kingdom of heaven against men. Because of the tradition of your fathers, you won't tell them the truth because you don't know the truth. They can't be delivered by the truth because you ain't delivered by the truth. So what you're telling them is based on false doctrine. It's based on the tradition of your fathers as we learned back in the book of Galatians, chapter 1, I think, verse 14. And so he says right there, you shut up the kingdom of God. What is the kingdom of God? What Jesus came to teach. The Beatitudes, you know. Over in the fifth chapter of Matthew, the book of Matthew, verses 1 all the way down, you know, the, all 16 verses, it talks about the Beatitudes. This was the establishing of his father's kingdom. And he said, they shut that up. Why don't you just teach and preach that? Why don't you do what I told Peter to do? Peter, if you love me, feed my sheep. Don't feed them your philosophy. Don't feed them your, your, you know, your tradition of your fathers that makes the glorious gospel of no effect. Don't shut it up. Open it up. For ye neither go in yourselves, neither suffer ye them that are entering to go in. Don't don't you know? Don't block people away. Yep, the people gather together in the in the four walls to hear the gospel, not to hear you. They don't want to hear about you. You know, unless you tell them how God saved you from whatever you was in. But then you got to tell them about the one who saved you. And so, you know, that, that's in the book of Matthew, chapter 23, verse 13, the King James Bible. Let's go just a little further here. We're still in the book of Matthew. Now, Matthew is, you know, Matthew's being converted. <laughs> the the letter. And boy, he, and man, he bringing some truth up in here, boy. <laughs> you know, he said, man, I, I was a hypocrite. I was taking them folk money. I wanted to give it back to him, man. And I was blown away when he told me to come down out that tree, man. He wanted to have meeting in my house. There's some church in my house. Like, he felt honored. He was freed immediately. Because he realized the Lord saw him <laughs> and spoke to him. Yes, you know. Yes, now he done been up in other trees watching Jesus. He go through the city healing people. He done seen a lot. And he's probably figuring in his heart, I know I'm not worthy. Oh. And he the very one that the Lord called and summoned and chose his place together and never told him, I want you to go give these folk their money back. But when Jesus began to tell them about his father's kingdom, on, it convicted that brother. Yes, it did. Went right to his heart, mm -hmm. penetrated him, changed him. Anybody, anything, any place mm -hmm. that ever comes in contact with Jesus cannot stay the same. Sure can. Just can't. Mm -hmm. Because the word says, he who the Son sets free is free indeed. So let's go on here to the book of Matthew, chapter uh, 24, verse 51, the King James Bible. And shall cut him asunder and appoint him his portion with the hypocrites. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. 
Now, something about the book of Matthew, chapter 23, 24, 25, and 26, especially chapter 24, it deals with what we're going to see in the last days. In the last days, I, you know, I, I, I did a study when I was in Bible college about the last days because I was concerned. And what I found out, and it's hard to get people to believe this, the last days actually began when Jesus was glorified. The minute he got up out of that grave and ascended back to the Father, 40 days later, he, you know, the last days began. That's when he started interceding for people. That was the beginning of the last days. And don't nobody know how long the last day is going to be. Nobody don't know the very end of the last day. But we know the last days, plural, began. Because it was at that time we were going to need his intercession to live. And even with that, some people was like today, they still got him crucified. They don't have him glorified. Mm. And so until they come into that knowledge of truth, they can't be free. And so tomorrow could be the last day for them if they keep putting it off. So it's somewhere between the time he, he, he got up and went back to the Father and started interceding until whenever God knows whenever that last day going to be, you know, the day, of, the day of the Lord. That very last day for, for this age. Mm. But we shouldn't be concerned about that because the last days already begin. What we should be concerned about is that tomorrow not being my last day being unsaved. Or today. Or today. Can't put it off now. Can't put it off. You know. And so he look at what he's saying here. You know, and ye shall cut them asunder and appoint him his portion with the hypocrites. He's saying now, look, if I come back suddenly. Mm. And you're not, you're still, you know, playing these games, you know, trying to find another way, mm -hmm. operating in false religion, false teaching, false prophecies. Look, look at what he's, look at what Matthew is saying to the audience that he's writing to. He's going to cut you asunder and, and, and clump you and judge you with the hypocrites. Mm -hmm. Hell going large herself because of you. If you don't get it right now, if you don't change now, if you don't turn to him now. You're going to be in the same class with the hypocrites. You're going to receive the same fate of the hypocrite. Why? Because you based your life on what they taught you, what they said. And he said, look at what you're going to end up doing for eternity. We, we're going to be with him forever to be with the Lord in our mansion, enjoying ourselves in the, in the glory of the Lord. You're going to be somewhere with gnashing and weeping and gnashing of teeth. Kind of tells you, man, what the two directions and the path that we should prepare ourselves and take. Okay, one more verse here. We're going we're gonna to bring it in here. And he said in the book of Luke, chapter 6, verse 42, the King James Bible, either how canst thou say to thy brother, brother, let me pull out the mote that is in thine eye when thou thyself beholdest not the beam that is in thine own eye, thou hypocrite, Cast out first the beam out of thine own eye, and then shalt thou see clearly to pull out the mote that is in thy brother's eye. Jesus, mm. get your own house in order. Get your own business straight with God. Get your own self prepared. You know, don't be, don't be, don't be coming trying to tell me what I need to do. Don't come with that legalism. Don't come trying to pretend. Don't come trying to act like you all this and you all that. 
when I'm looking at some stuff that you were doing last night, some stuff we did together, some stuff I know about you that you don't know I know about you, get your life right. Then I'll listen to you. This is kind of like the end kind that Paul had with Titus and Titus had with Paul. Mm-hmm. They, saw, they saw the difference. People got to be able to see the change because you live in the change. You ain't just saying the change, you change, you live in it before them. That's what the Lord said. Let your light so shine. Let your life be your testimony. Let what you do be what wins people. And then they too will glorify our Father which is in heaven. Paul told them like this, follow me as I follow Christ. What a challenge. Because Paul finally got that thing right. You know, and so he says, hey, get, get, get you right. You know, you, 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 you get you right and that'll help others be right. Because they'll see the right in you. They'll see the Christ in you. Ye hypocrites, over in the book of Luke chapter 12, verse 56 of King James Bible, it says, Ye hypocrites, ye can discern the face of the sky and of the earth, but how is it that ye do not discern this time? And we're going to end right there. This time. This is the time. Now is the time to fix our, this is high time for us to fix our eyes on the Lord Jesus Christ because he is long-suffering. He delayed his coming to give people that are lost, backsliders, prodigal sons of the Lord, an opportunity with all this darkness on the land and gross darkness on the people. I heard the man say, I pray that out of all of this, of these ashes, shall rise a people that will expand the kingdom of God. Jesus, what a statement. And that thing ministered to me when I heard it. It was like he relinquished the buildings like Jesus did. Tear them down. Destroy these buildings. He didn't want to destroy the people alive that was in them. But he said, but we're going to rebuild and we're going to expand the kingdom of God. Come and join us. And this is what the Lord has been saying all along. Come and be a member of my kingdom. Father, as we, as we, as we, as we fix our eyes on you, it's high time. As we look to you, the author, finish, and develop our faith. As we look to you with clean hands and pure hearts, Lord. Sanctified by your word. Undeniable that your word makes us free. We thank you, Lord, for your truth. We thank you that we are able to speak the truth and love without compromise. We thank you that your word is hidden in our hearts. That we will not sin against you willfully, maliciously. We thank you that we realize today we are sinners saved by grace. Through faith. And that's not of ourselves. It's a gift from you, Father. And it's a universal gift, God. But there are conditions, Father. And we thank you and we praise you for exposing us to your Mm. truth. Yes, Lord. We thank you, Father, that it is your will and desire that we know the truth and the truth make us free, purified, sanctified, consecrated, separated, set us apart for your sacred, special purpose and use. And so, Father, we thank you now. That all who you have set free are free indeed. Now we can stand fast in the liberty with Christ that made us free. And do not be entangled with the yoke of bondage again. No more pretense, Lord. No more inconsistency. No more lies. No more blaming. No more judging, Lord, prematurely. No more condemning. No more legalism. No more sanctimonialism or ceremonialism. But genuine, pure, heartfelt worship. Because your word, Lord, has conformed us. To a new image, God, a new creation, God, where old things are passed away and behold, all things have become new. Help us today. Guide us today. Our steps to walk in the truth, to walk in the newness of life and giving you the praise, the glory and the honor, serving you and worshiping you and honoring you all the way that men may see our good works 
and they too will glorify our Father which is in heaven. By this Father, people will know that we love the brethren. You will know God as we prove to you who we are based on the scriptures. We thank you for it now. For it's in Jesus' name we pray and offer this prayer to the God above. Amen and amen. Well, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. We're going to transition right here. Go right into our.